Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Killing Me. I'm Corinne. And I'm Rainy. Tuesday. How are you today? I'm good. I'm okay. It's rainy. It's migraine season. It's mid-season. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. It feels like a weird time because I feel like we're like retreating in because it's getting colder. Yeah. But restrictions and stuff are lifting, so there's like this duality of what's going on in the world. Totally. Like, I just want to live in my house right now. Yes, totally. But I'm feeling like I have to do things. Yes. I think we're both also a little shooketh. We both just found out um, just today. I mean, you're listening to this on Tuesday, but we are recording on Thursday. Yeah. And the star just dropped an article um, about Break the Floor. um, If you don't know what Break the Floor is. Yes. The Break the Floor is a competition. Yep. Um... All over the world. All over the Canada, U.S. Um, And uh, today there was just an article that got posted saying that um, dancers were sexually harassed or groomed by famous choreographers. And the company failed to protect them. Mm -hmm. And so far, um, the allegations, it seems like, are being pointed, fingers are being pointed at Nick Lazzarini and Travis Wall, though they are denying the allegations. And it's just kind of so sad because I think we've said this before, like... With everything that happened also, like, a month ago with the Boston Ballet and that couple grooming those ballerinas yeah. when they were, like, 13, 16, like, I'm really over this trope of choreographers and, like, adult dancers grooming young dancers. Right. I, I wonder if trope's the right word. I, you're tired of the pattern. I'm so tired of it, yeah. Yeah. Tired of the pattern that keeps emerging. Like, why is this something that keeps, A, keeps happening be keeps being exposed but nothing's done about it yeah and why does it seem so prevalent in our industry yeah i wonder if it's i mean we've been in it since we're what you were three younger you're you're a baby in a studio yeah i was six like these are super young and impressionable ages Mm -hmm. you know and professional dancers have been doing it just you know same same yeah and i'm that's not an excuse at all that's just like a reality right like, what time, how old were you when you went to... Royal? Yeah. And you were living away from home. I was 10. Exactly. Yeah, I was 10 living with, like, everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's fucked. That's, yeah. That's not, like, that's not a normal, normal, quote-unquote, childhood experience. No. It's just, like, also, so, what What are we not teaching male choreographers No. Yeah. in this, in, like, why... Is this pattern continuing that we aren't addressing the problem? Like, I'm really challenged because it feels like in the industry, it's men are often, like, given all this validation and um, grace about, like, being dancers. And, you know, there's this, like, age-old, like, you have a boy in your piece, you're going to score higher. Or, like, uh, you know, the boys always get more attention or there's more jobs for them. We've talked about this a thousand times. Yeah. This is a female-dominated industry led by a few select men. Yeah, and yet we are still being taken advantage of. I mean, this is in this situation, it feels as though there are women and men being taken advantage of. Yes. But it, it does seem where the perpetrators are mostly men, which, like, obviously we're not addressing something in the industry or there's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Or just letting fucking shitty men slide, which we shouldn't be doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I understand why people continuously think this behavior is acceptable. Like, we should not be sending creepy messages, nude messages. We should not be, like, grooming vulnerable young kids young kids who just want jobs yeah yeah Yeah. or just like following a dream and a passion or you know 
Jesus. Also, like, I think it's important to say, also, if you're someone who knows this stuff is happening and you're continuing, you continue to work with these people, you are part of the fucking problem. Oh, yes. A thousand percent. So I feel no pity for you. You, you see something, you say something. Mm-hmm. So, um... Anyway, just a little bit sad to hear this morning. We hope yeah. um, more information over the past... I mean, it could happen over the next week and it could happen tomorrow. More stuff will come out. But yeah. at this point, this is all we've heard. Totally. So. And let's continue on the depression train. <laughs> <laughs> really trying to, trying to start your Tuesday off right. You know what? It's probably raining. So maybe you're like in, in your bed with this. Yeah. With a comforter over your face. And you know what? I am. Yeah. <laughs> the Canadian Association for the Performing Arts released... Uh, a study on October 19th, 2021, and the headline is No Recovery in Sight for the Performing Arts. Mm. If that just miss, doesn't make you feel good, I don't know what else will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Corinne, you brought up an excellent point about how, like, feel it, like we've been feeling lately that we're just like, oh, like I'm not working, I'm not doing this in my field. It's because there's no jobs. <laughs> yes. This study, yeah. like, there's only 49% of the jobs that there were pre-pandemic for live performing artists. Yeah. And the gross domestic product of the industry is only at 30%, 6% of what it was pre-pandemic. Whereas like the Canadian economy is at 98% and the culture industry in general is at 94. Mm-hmm. So like if you are feeling like there's no jobs, if you feel like you're not going anywhere, you are not crazy it is a reality that there is data. Yes, totally. <laughs> so silver lining. Right. <laughs> you are not crazy. We are in this together. There are no jobs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, on that note, a uh, bit of a grim start. But <laughs> we this interview have, is not grim. This interview is not grim. This interview is fun. This interview is playful. Please don't stop watching because we have the lovely Peter. And he is such a joy and an honorary pal. Uh, yeah, we love him. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yeah. Hi, I'm Peter Arntz. I am a musician, actor, and writer, and I'm based in Los Angeles, California. Peter, you're in LA now, but you're not originally from there. Why did you decide to move to LA for the first time in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, most of my friends and family have asked that one as well. <laughs> um, I would say... So the thing is, I, so I, I went to NYU, right? So yes. I was there for four years for school and then a year after uh, and just sort of doing the acting thing. Um, and then when COVID happened, uh, that sounds so sort of ridiculous to say, but I, I feel like people, I'm like COVID hit and then people are like, it's ridiculous. But anyway, um, once COVID sort of like hit the city, it, it really made sense to get out. You know, it was, it was just things, everything was sort of unclear and, and it was a lot of like moving parts and like gr- empty grocery stores and just really weird vibes, just bad vibes all around, as I'm sure you all understand. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that's, that's already not even touching on like the actual like toll of lives and all that. And, you know, right. but um, so I took that opportunity to head home to Wisconsin where I'm from. Um, so I was in Wisconsin for about a year, honestly, just sort of like oh, okay. making sure family was good um, and just kind of like working, saving up money, mostly being like with my like little brother and like sort of like talking, like hanging out with my my siblings and things like that. So very much took like a year off, if you will, yes. is how I kind of started to phrase it to myself, but ultimately with the goal of getting back to New York. And it got to a point where I was just like, 
why New York? Why am I going back to New York? Like I, mm-hmm. it, it's always going to be there for me. I've, I've lived there for five years. I've always, cons- I've, you know, after like my third year in New York, I kind of started to like really like adopt this like New Yorker persona, you know? So it's like, I go back to Wisconsin and I'd be like, I'm a New Yorker. I'm going to cross the street. And then like, and then like <laughs> people would be like, you're insane, man. <laughs> but, like, but it was just like, I don't know. I kind of just realized, I was like, you know what? I, I was in this huge turning point. Oh, I forgot to mention also right before the pandemic hit, um, I had booked a national tour. Oh, wow. Um, mm. so I was about to, I was basically like waiting to hear like what was going to happen with COVID with mm-hmm. the tour. And they right. went forth of like, it's happening. It's not, it's happening. It's not. And then eventually like, six days before I was to fly to Virginia, to move to Virginia, um, oh, God. it they like emailed and were like, so sorry, we can't do it because uh, something, something like COVID. And I was like, of course you can't do a production because of COVID right now. Anyway, anyway, but um, so that was sort of like a really weird moment where I was just like, oh, I have this immense, I mean, of course it's like always a setback, you know, but I also was like, I have this freedom to do whatever I want. Like, what do mm. I want to do? And I always knew LA was going to happen at some point, you know, Okay. it kind of, the thing is a lot of people, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I would say like a lot of people um, at NYU that I've met, you know, it's sort of like this like gauge of almost success is getting, it's like how, like how, what percentage of your graduating class or your friends are in LA, you know, it's Mm -hmm. almost like, because I've even had a few friends come and like grab coffee and be like, oh, like, it's crazy. Like more and more people are moving out here. And it's just like, and I'm like, oh, like, it must just be like, like me, like no reason at all. Right. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, like they have jobs. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> cool, 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 cool. I'm not going to look up that person for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also because you go to New York from New York, from like my perspective, from what I've heard from like my sister is that like you go to LA to like shoot for pilot season or like test. And then if ideally something goes well, and then you come back, but you were primarily like, you're working on like Shakespeare and like theater. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've always loved Shakespeare. I right. um, was the artistic director of NYU Shakespeare Company, Shakespeare in the Square, for mm-hmm. uh, like like three of my four years at school, oh. um, which was stressful in a lot of ways, but also learned so much and just like love Shakespeare. So it was definitely, um, that was what the tour was actually. It was going to be four, okay. four Shakespeare productions across the US. Um, it was going to be really cool, but mm-hmm. there's always, there's always the more, there's always more Shakespeare I found out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, it's not going anywhere, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's fucking crazy. Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, definitely, like, I, I did always. As an actor, it's like film. At first, was like that necessary evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, my senior year, I transferred to the film studio at at Tisch, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned so much and it was just like all on camera technique, like, like every day for just like the last semester. And I, and a lot of people do it like senior year, you know, just to sort of like, cause basically you want to end with like, and I can legally say I have worked on a camera and, right. then, and then you also, yes. you also get like that, like bonus of like weekly meetings with agents and stuff that they bring in. And you just get a chance to like go up in front of someone, do a shitty scene, have them say you suck and then go home. And it's just like, but that's practice. 
that's practice. Yeah, that's <laughs> <something>. <laughs> but, always learning. Yeah, always, always learning. Always learning. <laughs> about, my, about how much I can drink, about how, yeah. Much, <laughs> how present I can be in the moment, who knew? <laughs> how, how, how much I can hold back my tears. Um, so good at that. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so um, definitely sort of found like a small love for film in those days, but ultimately kind of it really connected the dots for me as an artist where I was like oh eventually like it kind of never I feel like people say it people would say it a lot of like you do a commercial so you can do a play you do a commercial so you can do a play yes. and and it's like mm-hmm. and I always heard that but I never really sort of understood how it all worked because oh, to be honest I had I had not been making money from this at that time yes. so now making money from it it's a whole different ball game and it um it really I mean I'm sure you can attest to that it like it really changes the way you think about it where you're just like oh like there's I don't know you get this like sort of like take a step back and breathe and like put yourself into it instead of like mm-hmm. I don't know I, I, that's sort of vague and we're starting off on a really vague foot but that's what I, but like <laughs> it's also like makes you, you sorry you Raina, had, Grin. No, it also ahead. makes you value yourself right yeah you're just yeah. like you're not killing yourself to do the one thing that you like the only thing that you have in that moment you're like oh, I am, the validation is I am good at what I do. I am worth X amount of dollars. My time is valuable. People appreciate that. And then you get to also Mm -hmm. make the choices of like, you have a stand, not a standard, but like the bar is not here because you just graduated and have no jobs, but it's a little bit elevated. And you absolutely. continue just to like level up as you get older and more experienced. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And and it's like, you bring that with you, you know, it's, totally. it's and that's, it's something I, I think that was, there was such a silly story. I should, I'll, I'll say real quick, was just like my senior year of, um, of, of school. I was uh, in the film studio and I took two weeks off to go do um, a production of Twelfth Night in Virginia. And um, I came back and everyone was like, how is Virginia? How is Virginia? And I was just like, being paid to act. I was like, until you've been paid. Oh God. Like it was and like, like literally like I'm sure like friends from school will tell you like I, that phase that I was in. Cause like, literally I was just like, I'm you're the still- equivalent of like the girl that went to Barcelona, like in that moment. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Oh, but uh, making choices. I'm like, Oh, these choices are so just less they 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 feel me less now that I'm not being paid for them just like right yeah anyway anyway so but there's like an inherent toll that comes with that as well as I mean yeah you like feel good because you're being paid and your value is different but like I think we were talking about this on the weekend Corinne about like how like when I go for like a gozy for like any like thing that I have to shoot like the, the responsibility is like and having to talk to this with people that don't aren't in performing arts or aren't in mm. like film and tv being like oh I have a fucking zit today. This sucks. Let's cover it up. Let's go. I wake up. I'm like, I have a zit today. I look irresponsible when I show up to work. And this is now something that I have to carry with me for the rest of my auditions. <laughs> like Damn. it's like the idea of like your value of what you value on your body, how you're perceived is also inherently different than it was, or it will be for anyone else. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's also, that's something I've always been really interested in, like with like dance versus acting or singing is like, yeah. I feel like, like, I don't know, dan- like dancers, it's like your whole instrument is constantly with you. It's just like, yeah. you're the entire, it's just insane. Like, I don't know, like I get to, I can check out and be like, oh, like my voice isn't so hot today or like, mm-hmm. oh, my face or whatever, or like, <laughs> but it's just like, but it's, I, 
I don't know, I've always been astounded by like just the immense focus it takes to be a dancer and like show up and like be just, I don't know, like a hundred percent. It's a lot of stress. I can't imagine. I imagine. Yeah. But I, it's so interesting though. Cause I would say the opposite. I would say like for singing, like that would be also, oh, it's like funny. crazy for me to think that because it's like your voice and you have to protect it all the time. Like how you speak or how are you prepare for gigs is like essentially the same process as preparing your body for a rehearsal or for a, for a shoot. Mm-hmm. Right. I, don't know. Suppose, uh, yeah. I guess yeah. it's just like because I also don't sing so like I don't I don't know yeah. you know <laughs> uh, well maybe that, that makes sense right yeah, well, yeah, yeah. grass is always greener on the, totally. on the on the darkest yeah whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also it always feels hard and the other thing always feels like it's like so hard and so interesting because you have no perspective like I have no perspective what it's like to be a vocalist you know yeah yeah I do know that about you yeah yeah thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so now that you're in LA, how are you, have you been able to kind of, I mean, we are all kind of dealing with this like intense, these like, you know, COVID pivots right. in our industry and, you know, moving to LA and like, it kind of, it creates a different person than what you knew because it'd be very different than your New York persona, especially with like all of the energy that ha- LA has. Like, it feels like everyone's either like, drinking green juices and working out every day or like doing drugs and as an influencer like it's the, both. <laughs> the energy or both how have you been able to to find yourself or ground yourself in this like new space that's a really great question I'm, I'm actually that's something I've been thinking about like for the past like three months it's just because yeah. it's like because it's been so funny to like I would, I would just sum it up in these like little moments where I'll be driving and I will, I will like just stop and realize that I'm thinking about nothing and I'm just content and happy. Mm. And, and I just have this moment where I'm like, I'm in LA (laughs) and in New York, those moments existed but it was a lot more like, huh, 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 like, oh my God. And then it's right. just like, you get home and you're like, I did 700 things today, but I'm in New York. Good night. Yeah. Where LA, it's much more like, there's like a vibe of like, just make it easy. It looks it's so easy. And like, I, I was, it's, um, mm. anyway, but we can talk about that in a bit, but it's just like, but what I really mean is like the person I'm finding, I think is much calmer. And, yeah. and I, and I definitely have like, grown up a lot more you know because mm-hmm. and it was and it's it's also I think been really helpful to have that like geographic separation of those people I, I really think it's that's exactly how I would say it. it's like the people the person I was and the person I am now is just like really like so much has changed between now and then but like ultimately it's like what what has made me a different person like I, I'm definitely more of an adult I definitely see myself as more of a grown-up I take a little more ownership of like my space my stuff my mm. but it's also like the first time in my life that I'm like creating a more long-term stay for myself you know mm. and not like not like oh in another year I'm out of New York or like or, I mean I'm not out right. of New York, but it's like oh like sophomore year junior year senior year this dorm this dorm that dorm this apartment this apartment that you know it's just like but to finally sort of be here and be like I like it here I'm going mm. to stay and and give myself space to breathe and and just sort of like expand slowly whereas like in New York I was much more I was much more folk I was there was a I was younger then you know but also yeah. I was also in a, also in school oh uh, yeah I was in yeah, school. such a different like, period of your life yeah mm-hmm. yeah was this, there was this like headspace I was always in of like of like I'm one step away from from success but what mm. am I missing and here I'm like, oh. I'm here, here, here I'm like, 
I'm like, oh, I'm at least five steps away. So I'm going to enjoy myself. Like that's kind of the vibe I would say like it's a main show. And it's like, but it's, but it's also funny because there's a lot of really interesting moments in LA where, where you're just, you realize like, oh, I'm a lot closer than I thought. Oh. Where it's like in New York, in New York, it's like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of like stuff happens a lot more like Midtown, I would say like bad version is like. Broadway, off Broadway, you know, it's like Midtown, right? So it's like you're going to Midtown for auditions, you're going to Midtown Mm. for shows, things like that. But then you go home. Whereas like LA, I feel like I'm like, I kind of chose to spend a little more money to like be a little, I'm in Los Feliz, if you know, it's like East, but like West Hollywood was where I was like kind of at first. So I really chose to be like in like the city proper. And, Mm -hmm. And that obviously is, you know, been weird for my commute for work and stuff and it's been like yeah. bad for like other things but it's really given me the chance to like to feel like I don't know like I walked on the street and I'm like oh that's where that comedy thing happens and I live near that and it's like, right. oh, like that's where and it's just it's interesting because in New York it was more like I will never be a part of that and it's over there and it's that whole high sk- skyscraper whereas in LA I'm just like, right. like oh I could walk in there and see that show like what's what's stopping me from participating in that and I think huh, that's, that's so helpful. interesting because yeah. I would I would think it would be like completely different because I would be like oh I have to drive all the way to this place to get here whereas New York it feels like it's like a hop skip and a jump to get over there it's just like very uh, I would say the exact opposite wow I would say well because the thing is it's they're both commutes they're both commutes right, right? but it's but the trade-off is the trade-off is like you're in control of your own car you know mm. and it's like I think that's something I had that's another thing too is I had never this is my first time owning a car um so I, I bought my car and then moved out to LA and it's just been like so funny to realize like, oh, like you really do like kind of live out of your car a little bit. I'm not like a lot. I'm not living on my own. My commute right now to work is about 45 minutes on the highway okay. or the freeway, I should say, because LA, but the freeway, it's like, <laughs> I'd say the 101 um, yeah. <laughs> and, and the BZH. Uh, but anyway, so um like 45 minutes on the highway and everyone's like everyone in LA is like that's so long that's crazy and I'm like no in New York my commute was 45 minutes it was just right on a, on a train. fucking train and yeah. it was just like yeah and like <laughs> and waiting on a platform and watching a Netflix episode I downloaded to my phone it's just like it's like it's like there's the trade-off I think is so it's it's really like what do you what do you want that was that that time mm. to be about you know like what do you and I I personally think like maybe I'm just still new to driving and not like over right. like, the slog of it all but it's like <laughs> but ultimately I just like get in my car and I, I'm like play this album and it's always sour by Olivia Rodrigo but oh yeah I get like that I get like that 45 <laughs> minutes of like just me time and mm-hmm. I, I love it I love it I, but the thing is um but you're absolutely but I, but you're also right where in the fact that like in New York there's like you like before I jump into the subway, I get my cup of coffee. After I get out of the subway, I know where to go with my croissant. You know, it's like right. things like that. Like that's just, but also I think that's just like a part of, you know, becoming a local anywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think we have this like perception of like New York. You can like walk down the street and like see like Wayne Brady hanging out. Whereas like in LA, it feels like that you have to like drive somewhere and like maybe you'll catch someone. I don't know. I, I don't know why that's like the, my perception of it. But <laughs> no, I- also as Canadians from the other side of the border. Yeah, we don't fucking know. We don't know shit. Yeah. Oh, you know, no, no, you're, you're honestly, there's Wayne Brady's in both cities for the right. <laughs> no, that actually did happen to me. That's oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, my sister lived in New York for like years. Oh, right, right, right. Um, and I think she just recently left because she's in Amsterdam doing a show, but so we, I would go visit her like 
twice a year minimum since I was like 10. And one time we were just like hanging out and he was like, looked at the cab and she's like, there's Wayne Brady just talking to someone on the street, like yelling at cab drivers. (laughs) Just like in the middle, it wasn't like quite Times Square, but it was like in that area. And we were just like, weird, what a weird environment to just like see him hanging out in a leather jacket, you know? It is is so funny. It's it's, it's very much that like, that uh, like seeing your teacher outside of school thing where it's like, you're walking down the street and it's like, I don't know. Like, I, I think like I took such as, as like, I did, I did, I, I basically, when I moved to New York, like watched every single video and read every single article that exists online of like 10 mistakes you should never make. Like things that every New Yorker oh, will be able to tell. Right. And it was just like, it was like such stupid stuff. Like still some, I have never, I've never figured out to this day. Um, mm-hmm. like there was one that was like, <laughs> if, uh, it's, I don't know, just like, uh, there's a lot of stupid ones, but one, but basically what I mean is like, I had this perception of like, I have to fit in. I'm a, I'm a New Yorker. Like they're going to know, they're going to know, which yeah. is so funny. Cause in New York, it's like, it's how you act is how you, it's like how you can like delineate, um, like tourists from like locals. And I say, as if I'm either, but like, <laughs> um, but in LA, I feel like there's a lot of like little like sneaky ways that you like catch locals. Ooh. Like, like, like when I found out is, so I live in Los Feliz which is pronounced Los, which is spelled and like said like Los Feliz, but in LA you say Los Feliz. And it's like how, and it's like literally like when I first moved here, I was like, oh yeah, I'm in Los Feliz. And people were like, oh, I would not say that in front of locals. They <laughs> and it's, but like little things like that, where it's like, yeah. or like, like someone called, I don't know, like, like someone like, when you like call like the 101 something else or just all these little things where um, mm-hmm. there's like this constant like testing of other mm-hmm. LA people that like happens where it's just like because you know you meet someone and you're just like oh like where are you from where'd you go to school this and this but like those questions are it's like it's like posed like that but in reality it's like someone sussing out like if you're legit like right but it's not like yeah I don't know I kind of <laughs> and like funny. I you can like feel free but like I can't imagine going on a date in LA like I would feel like if I had to go on a date in LA I would I don't know if I'd make it out of the house like <laughs> I, I have many a time almost not made it out of the house um but it is like very much been like a thing for me of like I it's, the thing is what always gets me out of the house is I'm like I'm like okay like don't it's actually funny like literally last night I was like sending I was like showing texts to my roommate I was like do I go do what <laughs> they were like she seems into it and I was like do I she go she seems into it <laughs> <laughs> not what you want to hear seems like <laughs> yeah she seems into it the plans she made yeah she seems like she was... anyway um but it's like but it's been a lot of like basically what sort of like it gets to that point where I'm like I don't want to go I don't want to go and I'm like no nope, new city new person new thing let's try it out worse yes. from sort and that's the thing too is like I'm trying to get over that like I don't know this is more personal this is Patreon only no just kidding <laughs> this one's more personal but it's like getting over that thing of like of like uh what is it exactly it's like um is it fear? I don't know I, I guess like the fear yeah the, the yeah, fear yeah. of rejection and fear of like or of not being like the person I present or right you know, all that. and and um anyway I would all I mean to say was it what gets me out the door most times is remembering that my therapist will be I will be upset if I don't go <laughs> I'm, like, right. I'm like I'm like you know at the very least I'm doing this for the doc I'm like this one I'm like this one's for you <laughs> so yeah. the story yeah just the story of like and it's just funny because like get on the phone with my therapist and I'm like and she'll be like have you have you been dating and I'm like I did actually I went on a date yeah she's like how'd it go so bad 
I, I like would not be able, exactly the perception of like, I think that is like everybody is looking for someone who's like got like a higher count than them almost is like feels like what it is so i would yeah. be like oh my god like do this is this what i'm supposed to look like like i don't right. know like well, <laughs> freaking out right but it's but what's funny too is like that exact that exact concept the way it manifests is i find is like actually what people do is like everyone dresses down like every, instead of it right. being like, like no one's showing up like a hundred percent they're like that's for the internet you get 10% of me, which is wow. me in a sweatpants and, and shorts or whatever, or sweatpants and shorts. It's insane out here. <laughs> <laughs> LA's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. It makes you get out when you can. I hope you didn't make it out of the house for that day. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, um, they're not all winners, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah, yeah, but it's just, but, but it's, but, but exactly that. It's just like my first, my first proper LA date. It was like the entirety of it was, I just, I basically was just like, and, and I do this. And she'd be like, well, that's impressive. And I'd be like, and I do this. And she'd be like, that's also impressive. And it was just like, it became like an interview of like, whether or not I was like valuable. And I was like, I don't like this. This is, oh. yeah. But the secret is you don't have to date anyone. I found out you can super rock it on your own. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, There's no responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> can I jump backwards a little bit? Um, I'm really interested to hear why in New York or why you felt you were always like had this anxiety about being like, oh, I'm just like one step away. And in LA, you feel more relaxed being farther away, quote unquote. Right, right. That's good. Um, I think in New York, it's because it's like there's there's this like, hmm. <laughs> I think I, I guess you know what it is. Is I was comfortable. I, I built. I had built over the five years I was there. I'd really built up like my understanding of the city and right. and having that leg up. And I think that's the thing. Is it's just it's the simple like leg up. And mm-hmm. I think like, that's a really, that's a really small phrase that like kind of sums up a lot of what we do as artists is everyone's always looking for like the leg up. They're like, how do I have a leg up? How do you have a leg up? When do we get the legs up? How many legs are in this leg up? Yeah. And it just, but <laughs> that was so, so powerful. His words. Wow. Uh, <laughs> was that, was that Macbeth? Yeah. <laughs> Charlie and Crescent actually but um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway um but it's but it's it's interesting because I think one thing I would say is like people I guess only way I can explain this is like through like a small anecdote which is just when I was in school a lot of people would be like have those moments you know where it's just like oh like we're so we're never gonna make it and oh we're old and we're dying here it's like but like you know where like they're like you know we're like what like you can't find representation and we can't mm, find yes. roles and and how do you do this and what I mean is what I mean is like we all have these like like what legs up do you have you know yeah. and mm. and and it's, it's interesting because I think as an artist, we also, um, we do take on a little more onus of like owning our um, privilege and, mm-hmm. you know, like the opportunities we have been given, but it's weird. It's also like that same thing where it's like, it's like, everyone's like, it's about who you know. And it's just like, well, but you, you do have to be a likable person for someone to mm-hmm. know you and to trust you and to consider you. And, you, you know, mm-hmm. there are, there are aspects of it that are, right. that are just simply human, but anyway, 
all that to say I think that though and then like I see like Audrey Plaza be a person and get successful and I'm like what is happening (laughs) right right but the thing is but then with uh, like such like Audrey Plaza right I'm just like but what place at what time was she in that you know like got her this this gig and then someone saw her here and then and and the thing is too it's like and ultimately I think the biggest thing that any artist can um can be is uh, that sounds stupid but I'll say it it's just like it's like the biggest thing an artist needs to be is ready to go. You know, mm-hmm. you need to yes. be, it's like when, when it starts, it's, it's a snowball. It's not like a, and that's the thing too, is I think, I think, sorry, to just touch back again on the same question we've been talking about, Corinne, but it's like, but um, I think that's a part of it too, is that, is that I was definitely feeling the snowball a little more in New York where Got I was like, it. this, this leads to this leads to this leads to this. And I saw it in my head where I was like, do regional theater, then do this one, then do this. Then mm-hmm. maybe one day I'll audition for the park. And, and it was like, all the pieces were sort of combining to this, like this world that I had built for myself over the course of five years. And so it's yeah. not like I just stumbled into it. Um, but, you know, just recognizing that like, okay, you know what the leg up I have is that I've been in New York. A lot of people moved to New York, you know, anyway, mm. so that's time. That's, I would say is like the biggest thing in mm. terms of like my own like security and feeling um, a little more closer to the end game, if you will. Whereas in LA, totally. it's like a complete restart, but I do also, you know, have the luxury of being able to sort of rediscover all that over again. Yeah. Totally. Also, maybe the responsibility of having to get through those steps in New York was also like, so if you didn't hit this step, then are you back here? And then you're not here. And maybe the pandemic's also given you like some space to be like, I don't need to hit this, like this many steps in this amount of years, you know? For sure. The pa- yeah. I mean, honestly, that I would say is like, for a while, I was calling it the great reset because I, because I just was like, I, every, I felt like for a while, it was just like, every, like just every week, some other version of like, the world is about to completely change would come up, you know, <laughs> and, and I'd be like, here it comes. <laughs> and it doesn't but I mean but the th- and the, but that's the thing too right like I think we all learned over the course of a year it's like the arts didn't really go anywhere you know we are still here there's still like we're all still sort of scrapping on to you know little ways of shifting and and you know all the adjustments that we did have to make but but ultimately it's like besides like you know the friends and companies that we've unfortunately like seen like leave the industry or, or all that it's just I I do also think there's like, uh, there is sort of something refreshing about like, hey, we're all still here. Like y'all are still making this podcast. True. There you go. And yeah. that's, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get that. I also like, how do you feel about restarting, quote unquote, restarting in LA? Mm, that's a good question. I, so I'm very happy. I would say I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy. I, I'm finding... I'm finding a lot of about myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm finally, I think it's, you're also, you know, some, you said earlier, it's like the school thing, right? It's just like, I'm not in school. I'm yeah. not in school. And, and it's like no rules, um, you know, like bedtime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> samples that I want here, guys. Why are you fucking bedtime? <laughs> New York City, New York, everyone's always asleep. In LA? <laughs> no, I feel uh, like that's the opposite of what I've heard about New York. It is, yeah, it, is. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, no, no, no. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. It's. I, I've been. I would say it's been great. It's been. It's been really refreshing and 
and just again it's like I think it's like being at a school being an adult having that having the big come to Jesus moment of like why am I still doing this what do I want the year the, the future to look like and that's really what I have been saying to a lot of people as well it's like when people ask like why are you still doing any of this and I'm just like well because you know I took a, this year off I, I realized I was just like what is stopping me <laughs> what <laughs> stupid but it's like what is stopping me from being happy and what mm-hmm. what is the life I want to build for myself in order to achieve happiness and it sounds it's it sounds so simple when we say stuff like that right but of course there's building blocks and and years and years of of you know taking care of yourself and and your community and getting comfortable somewhere right but but I also think um that simple decision you know the decision to build that for myself has has launched this like really slow burn of like I, I come home from home goods with like a new wastebasket and I'm like, I'm a fucking adult. And, <laughs> and it's just like, it's, it's, it's been so fun. It's been so fun. And in a way that, you know, in New York, there was, I was definitely, you know, still like going to Bed Bath and Beyond and stuff. And, but it was just like, I, I always was sort of like teetering on this edge of, am I going to drop out? Am I going to be kicked out? Am I going to not be able to pay for this? And, you know, how am I, I look back sometimes in New York and I'm like, how did I eat? How did I eat food? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, so it's just, and, but like getting through all those moments, you know, um, has really given me the, the strength, you know, and confidence to be here and to say, I did it in New York, you know? And yeah. so I would say that that's been the biggest thing is, is um, starting over in LA has really meant comparing it to New York step by step and finding out that LA is a lot more chill. Was New York allowing you time to write music or was that something that like started that you were able to finally like take on as you had more time and had more ease? That's a good, that's a good question as well. I, um, so I wrote a lot of music like high school. Uh, Mm -hmm. That was where I wrote like, um, like my, they're bad, but I mean, they're, 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 (laughs) They're something. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm sure they're wonderful. <laughs> they're, well, the thing, I'll, I'll, I'll do a quick brief. So my first album was an EP um, that was like five songs recorded in my friend's bedroom. It's just me and my guitar and I'm like 12 and they're terrible. And my, my, next, my next EP is I moved from Texas to Wisconsin and then made a split EP with um, a, ba- a friend band, a friends that were in a band of mine from Texas. So they did like three songs. I did three songs and those were oh. a little better, but more about like Jesus ended up being because like, because <gasps> oh. I was, I was raised Catholic. So I was kind of like, really like, I was like wreck. I was like, sort of like, you know, dealing with that. Cause Ooh. like super not Catholic. Dealing um, with that Catholic yeah. guilt. That Catholic <laughs> guilt. It's weird. You really have to, I almost, I, I, I would consider it for a while. I'd be like, it's like Horcruxes. It's like, you just have to like, oh, keep wow. on, like to keep on like, put, be like, wait a minute. I don't believe that. <laughs> but, but, um, anyway, anyway, so that was like the second album, uh, second EP. And then the third EP or the third EP or actually was a LP, whatever, but it's um, a full album. It was like 11 songs maybe 10, I don't know, but it was like 10 songs. And, um, and those, what happened was I, I booked three hours in a recording studio and then just like did them all in one take. So there are a lot of mistakes. Um, and the whole album is like not cohesive. Cause it's just me like 
being like, okay, let's go to the next song. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's very like thrown together, but ultimately like, you know, was one of the reasons I was able to like pay for school and, and things mm-hmm. like that. So well, anyway, right. anyway, but so I, I was writing all those times, right? <laughs> but, it, but when I got to New York, um, my writing style really changed. Um, I really, um, I think I became much more concerned with, with my messaging. I became much more concerned with, um, what I was, what I was trying to say, you know, whereas for a long time I would write, like, I have this one line in like one of my old songs. It goes, it's like this, it goes, um, your lips taste like the Grand Canyon and I've never (laughs) been so far from home. And people would ask, what does that mean? And literally it's so stupid. All it was was I was in class one day and this girl pulled out chapstick and was like, there's sand in my chapstick. And I was like, from what? The like, Grand Canyon. And I was like, at least now you can say that your lips taste like the Grand Canyon. And she was like, you are so deep. And I was like, I am deep. We fell out of touch. We fell out of touch. No way. I'm not supposed to. So that sounded like, I mean, that sounded like a meat cute if I've ever seen one, heard one. I mean, it's, it is high school. So we've, yeah. we've been, we've been sitting near each other for a while. <laughs> anyway, but it's just like, but the thing is, it's like, I used to so not give a fuck. Like people would be like, what does this mean? And I'd be like, you figure it out. I'm an artist. Yeah. And now I'm so much more like, I'm so much more invested in actually like the proper story and, mm-hmm. and, you know, messaging and also just like, I don't know. I, for, I, I kind of went like a little too far for a while and was like, my music needs to save the world. And now Which I'm is like, a lot of, it's a toll on you as like, Oh, I, you can't get anything fucking done because the anxiety of just putting something on a piece of paper is stressful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. And also like, don't we all do that a little bit, especially like in that school, like first few years era, you're like, I'm going to make work that changes the fucking world and changes lives. And then you're Absolutely. like, that's impossible. Yeah. But you know, but you know what? I think it is. I think it is. And I think that's I think those moments where where you say that to yourself is the moments where you properly are an artist. The mm. moments where you're like, I actively want this, this dance, this project, this show, this song. I want someone to hear this and like want to be better or mm. see this and want to do something better, you know, and, mm. and I think um or be better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I just, I think that's, I think that's something, you know, we, we kind of get to as artists be like, yeah, like, I guess that's a part of it. But, but people like, you know, especially, especially like music wise, you know, like I've throughout my life, I've, I've played, a, I've played shows and, and a lot of times like, you know, one person will come up after and just, just that one person saying like, Hey, like that music really, your, your song really helped me like, or like that really affected me or, right. or anything like that. It's just like, or even like when I was in school doing Shakespeare and having like the freshman come up and be like, you're so good at Shakespeare. You know, it's just like, those are, that's cool. That's fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. You know? Cause it's like, cause it's like, you know, we get, we get so caught up in this headspace of just like, 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 yeah, like being easy, being good. So easy for me, not for you, but it's like, but it's like in reality, <laughs> it's like in reality, it's like you, you we're all inspiring one another, you know, we're, it's this, yeah. it's this constant story being told and retold and, and reworked, you know, by, mm-hmm. by, by us. Right. It's interesting. Cause like, you're not the first musician or like songwriter that has brought that up about how like the idea of writing lyrics is like such an immense responsibility because they don't want to send out like perceived notions or give people like this, like weird hope with certain songs. Um, Cause I remember Stevie talked about that too. Yeah. Corinne. The and that they're permanent. Once you yeah. release that album, it's out there. Yeah. Not, 
but that's crazy. Like if you think about like the songs of like our childhood and I'm like, it's like, boom, boom, boom. Like, it's like, there's some wide, wild lyrics happening. Like (laughs) that really like backstreet boy, like there's like, just like some crazy things. So it's interesting that this like generation of like artists and songwriters feel like this immense responsibility behind their lyrics. I think I think in a way it is it is definitely like self-grandizing you know where we you as an artist you do want to to put that on is to like create the feeling that you're it's important you know and so it's like that like immediate like you putting on your own importance like it guards you it guards you Mm -hmm. from from anyone else telling you it doesn't matter you know so it's like it probably doesn't help you right like that's an ego thing that like probably doesn't make you any better right Right. And well, and it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's music, man. It's fucking so stupid. Well, even like this, I mean, you brought up like Olivia Rodrigo Sour and like yeah. music that we wrote when we were like 16 or people that, not me, not me, sorry, you and musicians wrote when know. you were 16 um, and <laughs> and being like embarrassed. Like, do you think like this album, like Alanis or like Alanis Morissette, that album that she created so long ago that's being compared to this Olivia Rodrigo album, like, mm. are they going to look back on this and be like, whoa, that was like, that felt very like self-indulgent or that felt like a little bit like some of those lyrics seem crazy like do you think they're going to feel that even with the immense success of it who's they exactly you mean like music industry or like future listeners no like themselves, um, themselves as the artists oh, like, oh, like yeah oh 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 um i i don't know i mean i would imagine if i had written sour I would be pretty fucking happy right now. But <laughs> right. But she's like 16 in like 25 right. years. Is she going to be like, Ooh, like that's, that's awkward. I, th- so I have an unpopular conspiracy opinion, which is that, um, conspiracy theory, I should say, which is that, um, I think Olivia Rodrigo entire, her entire career is like an industry plant. Yes. Like yeah, I just think it's like it's all laid out, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, the drama!" And I'm like, "The drop? You mean the narrative?" It's like, yeah. So, but um, so I think it's I think you know it's it's like it's I think she'll look back and see it as like the perfect turning stone um, for her career. I mean, I think it's a it's a perfect debut album. It's got some she, she like she collaborated with some really excellent artists on it. It's mm-hmm. great production. Her voice sounds great. The lyrics are actually I think quite quite poignant they're resonating Um, with like many age groups yeah yeah and that's I mean that's an I don't know if you can bridge that gap like especially within your like your first year of release I mean that's the the, I don't know it's just like it's music is so weird because I think it only grows it only grows you know and Mm. um I think I guess I would liken it to this I would liken it to the other day I was scrolling through TikTok And I, just kidding, it's like my favorite thing ever. <laughs> but, but I was scrolling through TikTok and there was like a, and Joni Mitchell shows up. And Joni Mitchell, like the current Joni Mitchell, like is like, right. hello, thanks for listening to my album Blue. It's yeah. Great. And she's like, it's crazy that, and she's like, it's people are really, really liking Blue. So I wanted to come on here and say thank you for listening to it. And it blew my mind because I was like, of course. Of, yes. it's like that, that permanence that you're talking about Corinne it's like it's like it's there you know and so I would almost say I would almost argue that it's more likely that Olivia Rodrigo in 10 years has a resurgence of right. sour 
and then has to play all those songs again. When the new rather- generation of young people comes in and discovers it and it's still... So like yeah. great music is like timeless, right? Well, ex- what, exactly what Taylor Swift is doing right now with her re-releases of every album from back yes. in the past and everyone's right. going to be discovering it again, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, and you know, <clears throat> excuse me. And I know like the Scooter Braun, Taylor Swift stuff really opened that up, I think as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, a lot of people um, really, I think, I think consumer, I think this, honestly, this past year or so has really been a lot of like consumer eye-opening moments mm. of just like wait a minute my dollar effects thanks and it's like and and but realizing it's like you know I think Taylor Swift I have some qualms with it because I'm like you have a lot of money already but also I'm right. like everyone should be equally like fair pay for artists like that's that's always the bottom line you know yeah. and at least in my I think I mean I don't know probably get, now that that'll be the thing that gets hate artists yeah. should be back <laughs> uh, personally <laughs> uh, uh, i listen to this podcast for free um, <laughs> um, you know, uh, but it's like um but you know what i mean it's like it's like uh i think that really opened up the, the conversation of of like artists artists have now this this luxury almost um of of people being a little more on board with breaking of tradition of how things are released and how projects mm. are, you know, gone about. It's like, you don't have to like release your whole perfect album. You don't have to have your perfect single. I mean, it helps. Right. It helps yes. because you want it to go further and be good quality and have people listen to it and want to talk, you know, like all that. But it's like, but the, the weird thing is, is like, it's that thing. It's like, it, it, it's out there and you have no control over when or who or where it's going to pop up and who's going to mm-hmm. find it. Or that's what I said that wrong. Who, who finds it, when they find it, where mm-hmm. they find Probably. it. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, yeah. That happens with TV shows all the time, right? Where they don't get popular until they're put on a streaming service. And then people are like consuming them at a little bit like right. a faster pace or right. they're right. not like, we can talk about like Shit's Creek did that. Right. Like nobody right. knew what it was until it hit Netflix. Cause it was a CBC thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a small, Cana- not small. It's a Canadian network, you know? Yeah. Right. No, yeah. I know what Canada is. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a little bit on TikTok. I find that like I found a lot of music in TikTok in the past few months, like of bands that I would never find just by like, you know, like you said, scrolling and being like, oh, this sounds fucking like it's just like, you know, a small little snippet of whatever the song is. And I'm like, this sounds like I'd be into it. And then I look them up and then I like have half their album like on my like playlist now so it, tiktok is being used for this like interesting in this interesting way with music i think as well yeah i think that the tiktok to viral top 10 uh pipeline is it's insanity it makes yeah. it's yeah. it's so funny because i think i think the hardest i think the hardest thing is as an artist like remembering that uh you know what what stepping stones has someone already already crossed or you know mm. uh, essentially uh who do they know you know and yeah. and it's and it's and it's and who do they know who do you know it sounds like such a terrible thing to always go back to because it's like it can't all just be like connections but the thing is it's like sometimes it's like it's just like but the connection is not people i think like there's this understanding that like the connection is the here's a thousand dollars go make something but in reality it's like the connection is much more just like oh this person like I have a good ear for music and this guy's Mm. talented and like of course like you know there's like 
nepotism or whatever that can like slip in and out right. of that but that's going to be always present with us you know um yeah it's just I, like yeah. human nature you can yeah. have people that you either like or enjoy working with or just like yeah that's what or, it have is. A, or that benefits you down the you know it's just yes, like right yeah of course do you think that you're gonna release um because i know you're releasing like one song a week or is that still you're releasing so i is have that- their monthly live sessions um right. so i'm i've been i've so far i've released three um or no maybe four no three i think it's i think we're in the third month um and basically the conceit of it was to um was to essentially buy myself time to keep mm. working on the album. Um, it's it's mostly like solidified. It's just like a matter, you know, just all like the little stuff of like going back over and actually making it like music and not just like. Ah! Um, and so, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, uh, but right. but yeah. So uh, so right now, just doing live sessions and basically the cons- calling it the hashtag one man tour. Um, what it was is I filmed two in New York, two in San Antonio, and I have two yet to film in LA. Um, and what it'll essentially be is a string of, uh, live sessions of the, every song on the album. Um, so that just to sort of, because the thing is, um, the songs that I've released thus far are ones that I wrote years ago and have just been putting, I just haven't done anything with, and I just wanted to like, basically this album is sort of like this catch-all of like to be honest love songs I've written over the past like four years it's like just a catch-all <laughs> like breakup and love songs and it's yeah. just like this sort of like it'll be six songs um and I, I it's like some of them um like a few of them mean quite a bit to me and and a few of them I've just been playing for a long time and so I um just wanted a place to put them essentially so that's what the album will hmm. be and then from there it'll be um a much more like clear split actually to like a brand new trajectory and i'm gonna be mm. going like a lot more like rock and full band cool um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah just because cool. I'm, I'm getting more into like electric guitar and stuff and nice yeah sick you feel like you have to be done with one project before you pick up the other one i do i i, I at least I feel like, I feel like right now what I need to like fill my like heart mm-hmm. is, is a completed project. You know, it's like mm. sometimes I can, I can thrive in like that, like seven different things thing, you know, but, but I think, but I think like, I think I, again, you know, I being calmer and older yeah. and I'm taking the time to, to realize, you know, just like that, that create, what that does is it just gives me excuses after the fact to say that's why it's sloppy because I was so I was so busy like oh mm. I was mm. I was just so busy back then it's like you know black and white <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> 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 this song is terrible kid this song doesn't sound that good <laughs> from what I've heard it all sounds really good so I think it's going to be awesome thank you thank you I'm excited this morning yeah uh-huh. Um, on that note, we have to ask you a question. Okay. Correct. Is being an artist fucking killing you? Being an artist is absolutely fucking killing me. And it's just, I think, because I want to do it so bad and also want to quit every day. It's real peaks and valleys. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. (laughs) So, so true. 
Um, thank you so much. So thank here. you guys. Hey. Thank you both so much. Thank you so much for being here with us. It's so early in LA. It is, but I had coffee. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, if people are looking to find the album, looking to find the music, where can they find it? You can find everything at aren'tyoupeter.com. Um, it's spelled A-R-N-D-T-Y-O-U-P-E-T-E-R. That's my name, dot com. Um, and that's also me on every social. So any like, aren't you Peter at anything? <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for being with us. If you have any questions, if you like this episode, if you had a comment, let us know. Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, all of the things. Hit it up anywhere you stalk your ex. <laughs> we love it. We want to see you. <laughs> Yeah, soon. Unless, you, unless you're our ex, don't we don't want to see you. In which in which case, stay away from me, please. You don't shouldn't figure, be able to see anything. You don't figure out that you're blocked. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank thanks, you. y'all. See you soon.